our organization has a style, has a personality, and has a maturity to which we should adapt, that we need to understand. So as leaders, what we want is to plug our antennas and apprehend our organization, our team as a person. It's important because, for instance, if we want a to lead a culture transformation towards empowerment, for instance, well, it doesn't work to simply apply a framework or copy-paste a method. That method needs to land in a context. So we need to, first of all, take into account that maturity, take into account those traits of personality, and adapt whatever the strategy we have about change, adapt it to that context. Welcome to Pyramid to Circles. Pyramid to Circles. This podcast is for the leaders and for the change makers who have the goal of evolving their company towards more collective intelligence, more empowerment, more self-organization, but asking themselves how to make this happen, where to start, and how to get inspiration from others. Pyramid to Circles. Welcome, everyone. Today, my intention is to share my learnings. I launched this podcast a year ago, and I have learned so much. And before that, I would like to thank you, dear auditors. You are listening to us from France, from Belgium, Sweden, Germany, Denmark, and also the United States. And I would like also to thank the amazing guests that I've had, as well, my dear associates from the Fabric team for being such a place of inspiration and experimentation in the field of organizations transformations. So I am introducing what we call a new season. And I would like to start it by sharing with you the purpose of this podcast. I never shared it or never published it so far. And today I felt like actually saying it loud. So I'm very curious uh, to hear your feedback, if it resonates with you. Here it is. We believe that organizations, companies who genuinely want to bring solutions to build the future of our world need a certain culture. A culture that invites everyone to create a positive impact on their ecosystem. A culture that enables organizations to constantly deal with the complexity and the profound interconnection of every actor and respond to it. A culture that recognizes that to succeed, we really need to level up our game when it comes to collaborate and use our collective intelligence. A culture that believes that people can grow and become better versions of themselves if we create the right conditions and empower them. We are doing this podcast for people who are looking for concrete ways to build this new culture in their real world, in their company. People who wonder where and how to get started or who have started but want to go to the next level, who need practical inputs, guidance, and inspiration, or who simply need to understand who is doing what in this emerging field that some call the living organizations. We feature guests who are business leaders who transform their organization and share how they did it, specialists of the most advanced approaches of transformation, and recognized practitioners with tons of experience to learn from. We not only learn about their experience, but also meet these people, connect to their own journeys, and inspire ourselves. So I'm still very inspired by this purpose, and I am deeply motivated by it, more than ever, uh, ready to serve it. And again, I'm curious to have your feedback. Uh, I'm going to explain later. We now have a LinkedIn page, and I would love to hear uh, what you think. 
So let's start by making, as I said earlier, this short retrospective about this first season, about this year uh, since the podcast has started. And to start, I would like to make a couple of observations about companies, because I think our context is changing. Uh, first, um, I observe that uh, our topic is getting more and more traction. In a year, more and more companies are actually now engaging in the culture transformation program. They are uh, looking for their own recipe, their own strategy to build it. Many are interested in learning from others. And for instance, this podcast is a platform to support that, uh, that cross-fertilization across companies and even industries. For instance, one of our guests, uh, Alain Bindel from Roche, was invited at another company, Orange, to present his experience. Uh, thanks to the podcast. That's, that's, that's fun, right? I also realized that um, the reasons for this type of transformation are accumulating. A year ago, there was one main driver, which was to adapt to the complexity and the uncertainty of our ecosystem. But now there are new reasons adding to that one. Uh, I see two of them. The first one is this big war for talents. We observe it, we see it in many companies, in many sectors, in many industries, this big movement of people dismissing their from their company and uh, uh, and, and want to be independent, that, that big movement is showing it, right? Talent are looking for more autonomy. That's their first motivation. And organizations who do have a culture and ways of working that truly empower people do have a competitive advantage. If you have a culture of empowerment, you do have a competitive advantage. And that starts to resonate and that starts to become even a strategy. And I have seen this in, in several companies. The second driver, the second reason for companies to make those transformations is what we many call the growing expectation of, of for companies to become purpose-centric, to become company uh, uh, aware and manage what they call the externalities, who have a purpose that is positive uh, for the social, economical, and ecological environments. Uh, those companies will be privileged both by customers and talents more and more. So be becoming purpose-centric is a competitive advantage. So, But you don't really manage a purpose-centric organization the same way you manage a classic hierarchical organization. So to be meaningful, the purpose needs to be expressed, needs to be coherent for people at every level of the company. It has to be real. So it requires a new culture. So in a nutshell, talents want uh, autonomy and purpose. Therefore, organizations need to build a culture that enables to meet those needs. I also observe another, another trend that is that many companies are now building internal resources to spread this transformation. They are building internal skills. They are skilling up. And many are in the process of training, teaching, building an army of internal coaches who are going to uh, spread and adapt uh, and translate transformation principles or empowerment principles or self-organization principles at the local level. And I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great idea. So that's not something that you can externalize. You need to internalize that skill. I would be very happy, the auditors, to hear your experience. What do you see? What do you experience? What do you observe around you? How is it going in your own company? Uh, let us know. So as I said earlier, I also would like to share some of the things I've got from those conversations, a bit of retrospective. And uh, there will be so much to say. We had 25 episodes, so that's hours of conversation. But I just want to share a couple of ideas. First, I would like to just say a word about this expression that we I say all the time, but many say all the time, that is the living organizations. It's used as a metaphor to explain 
but we shall see organizations as a living system as opposed to machines. Okay. So the, the, the father, one of the father, I think the father of this concept is Norman Wolf. He was one of our very first guests in the podcast and uh, is, is the, the author of a book called The Living Organization that was published 2011 or something. And he explains that. He says he invites us to consider an organization like a person. So for him, a living organization means seeing a, an organization like, a, like as if we saw a person, a person with... It, uh, his or her own style, his or her own personality, his or her own preferences or maturity level. So if we start to, as leaders, to relate to our organization as we, if we relate it to a person, we start to shift our understanding of it. Something is shifting, especially if we understand that our organization has a style, has a personality and has a maturity to which we should adapt, that we need to understand. So as leaders, what we want is to plug our, our antennas uh, and, and apprehend our organization, our team as a person. And, and uh, for instance, it's important because, for instance, if we want a, to lead a culture transformation towards empowerment, for instance, um, well, it doesn't work to simply apply a framework or copy-paste a method. We need to understand that method needs to land in a context. So we... Uh, we need to, first of all, take into account that maturity, take into account those traits of personality and, and adapt whatever the strategy we have about change, uh, adapt it uh, to, to, to that context. We, find, we need to find a way that works for, for this person that is the company. So that's the thought of Norman Wolf. I really like it because it simplifies our understanding of what is an organization and what, what means a living organization. So that was the first thought. The second thought I wanted to share is uh, it's about the question I've had over the last year. And I've really been asking myself, what are the skills for the manager? What are the skills for the leader? Because we are working a lot with teams as we do empowerment, we uh, empower teams. It's a lot about self-organizing you know, self principles and teams are becoming more autonomous. But what about the leader and what does it take for leader in terms of skills, leadership skills? So um, we had many conversations about this topic in the podcast in the last episode, and I would like to share three skills that I have heard recurringly in the conversation. So I'm happy to share them with you. And it's not an exhaustive list. It's very incomplete, but it's, uh, I would say, just a step of clarification. Um, and it may interest those of you who are actually in the process of building a like a training program or leadership training program. So the first skill is this ability for the leader, for a person to recognize that we are incomplete. Recognize that we do have blind spots. Recognize that there are areas in which we are uncomfortable, things that we don't know. And that sounds very simple and obvious to say that, but actually this is opposite to, the, in some ways, to the expectation of the pyramid organization. Because in a pyramid organization, if you're at the top, if you're a leader, well, you're expected to take all the decisions and you should not make no mistakes, right? You need to be a kind of a superhero who can decide everything. And that's very contradictory from being incomplete. You cannot really be incomplete. You have to be perfect. You have to be really good. But there are no such things. We all know it uh, as superheroes. There are no superheroes. So, so this, this skill is to recognize that we are incomplete. I am incomplete. And that will open to two things. It will open to first that 
the idea that we need others because I'm a complete, I need others. I need to collaborate. I need collective intelligence. We need collective intelligence skills and capabilities because we are all incomplete, right? So we can find the optimal solutions, especially in a very complex environment. It also opens to simply being more authentic, to be more yourself, oneself, less contracted, less trying to prove something, less in the status or in the ego, but more in the connection. Uh, and that enables what enables trust that enables to have a real connection with people. So the name for for that skill that I said to what I called to to acknowledge that we are incomplete as a name, and it's called the intelligence of the self. The intelligence of of understanding of there are areas in which we need to grow, in which we need others, and in which we need to develop. So first, first bullet point here. Second one, second bullet point is another skill, and it's kind of a bag with two parts in it. It's uh, again, that's something obvious, but uh, essential. If we, you know, shortlist, it's the skill of emotional intelligence. So different elements in this big bag. Uh, first is the capacity to understand the emotional state of the other person I'm working with, and even to anticipate to anticipate it. So you can either as Things are going with the person, read the emotional state of the person and, and, and be empathic to it. Um, but it's more than that. It can also be to anticipate it and design experiences that would create a positive state, a, pos a positive emotional state for the people. My, my guest, Andy Sontag, spoke about it in one of the podcasts. He spoke about experience design. How can we as leaders design an emotional experience for our collaborators, for our teams, so they are in the best context to, to collaborate and work uh, and express. Uh, so, so anticipating, yeah, anticipating the emotional outcome of any situation. Uh, think of uh, delegation recruitment. Think of um, uh, the, the, the inclusion process of someone. Think of how we take decision. All those moments, what is the emotional outcome and how can we design an, an, an emotional outcome that, that is optimal? Okay, so just food for thoughts. Uh, that's the first part of emotional intelligence. There is another part that is um, even more important. That is the capacity to self-manage your own emotional state. And especially when it's going negative, when it's going into stress, to shift, to pause and shift. At, to neutral or, if possible, to a more positive and more constructive, to a more open state, to a more open emotional state. And it's the ability to identify when you are contracting, because when you're contracting very quickly, you're actually function differently. You start to function with a more reduced, under, reduced understanding of what's going on. We are less up, you have less options. So we need leaders who, are, who can self-manage their own emotional state and not be taken by it. That's the second skill. The, the, so that, that's the, all that is, I put it under emotional intelligence, but that is understanding of others uh, and, and, and this capacity to manage yourself as you go through emotion and we hold you all the time. So that's the second one. The third and last one I wanted to share with you is the skill to apprehend polarities. In a system, there are often polarities, masculine, feminine, having more, having less. Uh, security versus growth. There are always polarities at play in, a, in, a, in an organization, in a group, in a family, in, in, a, in a society. Uh, for instance, think in a, in a team, some maybe want to, or in an organization or in a department, some want to push for more centralization, 
and maybe you know the support functions they will need to be pushed for more centralization often and some they are pushing for more decentralization think of the countries for instance versus a big headquarters actually both polarities both opinions both sides have upsides and downsides okay but often people crystallize around one polarity and they get blind to the upside of the opposite one and they get into conflict they start to, and they start to become rigid and argue and uh, it's also very much the case in the political realm. So, of course, uh, it's it's good to have different opinions, and it's normal to have polarities. We should we should play with them. We should not. It's it's not something that we're not saying it shouldn't be there. And having dif different opinions is enriching, providing that we can have a constructive debate in which both parties have a, have a, are have a genuine interest in understanding the viewpoint of the other side. So we can have a rational understanding of you know the context, and then we can take the best decision. So point to the leader, a new leader, a leader in a, in a living organization is someone who is able to navigate in the polarities and who can invite both sides, both parties to observe the upside and the downside of both opinions. So we find together a wiser way. So the leader is, is able to hold a conversation with polarities without judging too fast, without being taken by his own preferences who is able to genuinely look at the upside and the downside of both sides, including the polarity that he doesn't like, what are the upsides, and then take the best optimal decision or help the team take the best optimal decision. And that's the third skill that I call, I call navigating polarities. It takes a lot of listening to fine tune yourself and to check inside of yourself. Am I reacting here? Am I, being in, a, am I in a preference or am I really open? Am I really listening? Okay, so there would be, of course, much more thing to say. I just wanted to share those those three ideas. I would love to hear from you in the on the LinkedIn page. What do you think are the key skills for tomorrow's leaders? And uh, yeah, uh, it would be amazing that we, if we could kind of start to share ideas around that and and exchange uh, yeah exchange what you think, what we think uh, at different places. So I would like to end this episode to say a few words about this new season to come, what is going to change in the podcast. So the first thing uh, I wanted is that I want to improve a bit the listening experience. So we do a bit more of editing before we had a raw conversation with the, you know, from the beginning to the end with no editing. So now there will be a bit of that. So it should improve your experience. We also have a, a new identity with the logo, with uh, some music, as you could hear. And most importantly, we would like to engage. I would like to engage with you. So we have for that created a LinkedIn page. So you can easily find us. You simply type in the bar, Pyramid to Circles on LinkedIn. You will find us and you will find the episodes. And I will be very happy to answer your messages and, you know, chat and got your feedback and ideas. The episodes to come will feature more leaders sharing their transformation journey, uh, as well as forefront thinkers. And all these people have one thing in common that they are truly passionate and inspired. So my friend, I would like to end for today. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode brought you some ideas and well, I am looking forward to the next one. So stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you. Bye.